The Paunch Stevenson Show. PaunchStevenson.com. Episode 228. Sunday, October 20th, 2013. of Christmas gifts, the Red Ryder 200-shot range model air rifle. Ralphie, what would you like for Christmas? Horrified. I heard myself blurt it out. I want an official Red Ryder carbon action 200-shot range model air rifle. Ooh. No. Shoot your eye out. Oh, no. It was the classic mother BB gun block. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out. BB guns are dangerous. I don't want anybody shooting his eye out. <laughs> Oh, no. You'll shoot your eye out? My mother must have gotten to Miss Shields. There could be no other explanation. You'll shoot your eye out! You'll shoot your eye You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Shut my eye out. Oh. This is the Paunch Stevenson Show, paunchstevenson.com, episode 228. I am Rob. You are Greg. Hello. And we are here live on the air with awesome New Jersey author Kasim Gaines. Welcome. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me back. Oh, thanks for being back. We love having you as a guest. I love being here. I really do. I love it. I'm excited. And you guys are Jersey, so I love it even more. Yeah, so um, we are live in front of a studio audience (laughs) for a few minutes, uh, which is, which, you know, hey, we, that's how we do it. But, um, so tell our listeners why you are back. Yes. So uh, I'm back because I just released a brand new book, A Christmas Story Behind the Scenes of a Holiday Classic. And uh, it takes a behind the scenes look at the making of A Christmas Story, the movie that so many of us watch, uh, at least some portion of the 24-hour marathon that airs between Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Um, And the book looks at the original short stories from Gene Shepard, who narrates the film, um, how the film got made, and kind of the aftermath and uh, how A Christmas Story went from being such a small film to a film that so many people know and love now. Well, yeah, and, and, and 
you know, a Christmas story. We, 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 we talked about on a previous episode of the Paul Stevenson show with you, but right. a, the movie, a Christmas story has, like you said, it started off as this small movie that nobody really had interest in at first. And now it has become a holiday favorite along the lines of Christmas vacation and, and, uh, what other, uh, it's a wonderful it's life. life. It's <laughs> a big one. Which one? It's a wonderful life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Home Alone. You know, I, I you know, I'm a, a kid of like the eighties. So yes. Home Alone was <laughs> Home Alone's nineties, but I, I loved it too. <laughs> oh, Home Alone's a great movie. Um, so we also have, well, <laughs> we hope to shortly have another special guest with us. And do you want to introduce him? Kasim? Sure. So, um, one of the people that was very instrumental in, uh, the production of the book was Ian Petrella. Ian Petrella, uh, is familiar to all of us as Randy, Ralphie's little brother who can't put his arms down and, um, you know, puts his face in the meatloaf and mashed potatoes. Um, and Ian did illustrations throughout the book and certainly contributed lots of great stories. And Ian's going to be joining us. Actually, wait. Before you do that real quick, I just have a quick question for you. Sure. In in the book, there yeah. is a foreword by Will Wheaton. Yes. How did that happen? <laughs> um, so uh, that happened because um, I was looking for celebrities that were into a Christmas story. I, I wanted – I didn't want one of the actors from the movie. I wanted someone who was kind of – outside of the movie and who could write about a Christmas story um, from a fan's perspective. So I reached out to a couple of people and Will was one of the people that I reached out to. Um, and I heard from his manager that he was super interested. Um, he asked, how much time do you need? I needed the forward like yesterday. I think we were able to give him maybe a, a week or something. We gave him like a very, very tight deadline. And uh and he turned it around. He turned it around super quickly. Um and I I just love what he wrote. And it was actually great because um not to spoil anything about his foreword, but um at the time that I asked him, I didn't even know that Will had auditioned and uh, almost gotten the part of Ralphie in the film. So it really ended up being, um, you know, I, I asked him as a fan of the film and he was really able to shed some light on the audition process as well in his, his foreword, which um, I, I'm so grateful for. So I'm grateful to have his contribution. That's great. Um, okay. So now <laughs> without further ado. Yes. Oh, one thing, Cassine. If you want, since you, I mean, you you know Ian and all. If if you want to interject and ask some questions that you know we don't think of, go right ahead. Sure, no problem. Cool. We'll just tag team and we'll just all jump on Ian. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to do you want me to connect him in? Sure. Yep. Yeah, if he's okay. available. All right. Now Hopefully let me let me. Uh, I think this will work. I'm almost positive. Oh wait, there's a little button that says add people. Watch this happen. This is going to be brilliant. Oh, no. We are live on the air. <laughs> no, we are not. No. <laughs> hey, I think it worked. I see it. Did it work? Well, I see something. I think so. Hey. hey. It's ringing. Hey, what's up? Hey, Ian. 
So once again, this is the Paunch Stevenson Show, and I am Rob, you are Greg, and we are on the line with author of the A Christmas Storybook, Kasim Gaines, and very special guest, star of A Christmas Story, Mr. Ian Patrell. How you doing? Yeah, welcome. Yeah, thanks for coming on. It's awesome. Hey, no problem. Okay, where do we begin? Um, let's begin at the beginning. So That's a good place to start. Okay. So <laughs> Greg and I, uh, we, we've, we've been doing this pop culture podcast for eight years now. And we are very okay. interested. At, anytime we interview actors or celebrities or, or those kind of people in show business, um, we are very interested in the behind the scenes stuff so if you could quickly walk us through like how does someone um get to be in a movie a christmas story or the audition process like how, how does that whole process happen well i mean as far as you know, this particular, I mean, usually an audition is you go in, you read a couple lines, and they decide, you know, the casting director goes, okay, well, he's good, he's not. And then if they decide you're good, they call you back, you meet with, you know, a couple other people, and you, you know, you read lines. But, you know, the interesting part is, you know, Randy didn't really have a whole lot of lines um, in this movie. I mean, he had like what, maybe three major, three lines of dialogue total. Um, <clears throat> it was physical comedy. So, exactly. Like I always say, you know, Randy did a lot of crying, he did a lot of whining, and he did a lot of falling down. Uh, he was basically the R2D2 of this movie. Um, so, for really, you know, when it, when it came time to casting Randy, it was. Um, and, you know, from what I learned from Kasim, he was, uh, Randy was the last character that they casted, uh, to, for this part. So it was really just based on personality and, you know, who could pass for, you know, the brother of Peter Billingsley. So, um, I just happened to have that, that personality that they were looking for. And, you know, I could somewhat pass for, for Peter Billingsley. Um, as his brother, in fact, I mean, one of the things I remember is, you know, when we were on the set, they were doing a lot of, you know, television interviews with Peter. And um, Peter's mom, Gail, you know, kept going up to them and saying, well, you know, why aren't you guys interviewing Ian? And they're like, why would we interview him? He's Peter's brother. Who cares? Oh, <laughs> what the heck? And she, she said, no, he's a co-star. He's playing. You're like, oh, okay. Well, it's a different story. And then after that, I started getting a little bit more interviews. But um, as far as, you know, Randy's concerned, I mean, it was all really just based on, you know, personality. And, you know, they were, you know, I was I was an eight-year-old kid. So um, they just wanted to see, like I said, personality. And I just happened to have the personality that they were looking for. So, Ian, um before that, had you were you in the industry or, or you know involved in movies or TV shows? Oh yeah, I started acting when I was um, three years old. So 
you know, by the time I was actually eight years old in, in doing this, I mean, I knew pretty much what was going on and, and what it was. Um, so you were a veteran by, by this point? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, this was, you know, I, I knew exactly what, what was happening and what was at stake. So it wasn't one of these, you know, just, you know, oh, this was my first job. I mean, I had, you know, done commercials and television shows prior to that. So, you know, I was pretty savvy about, you know, what we're doing and understood that it was a job and, you know, I was very excited to get it because it was my first movie. Um, so that was, that was definitely very exciting because, you know, even as an eight-year-old kid, I was, you know, a, a complete big fan of, of movies as well. So it was very exciting to, to learn that not only are you going to be in a movie, this time, but you're also going to learn how they're made and you get to see how they're made. So it was just an overload of uh, excitement as far as Christmas story is concerned. So, so you said that you started when you were three and I've always wondered yeah. with, with the very, I know this has nothing to do with the Christmas story, but, but briefly um, I've always wondered when, when someone is that young is it like you wake up one day and you're like, hey, I'm three, I want to be in commercials, or like, how does how does a three year old get involved in show business? Well, usually a three year old doesn't make the conscious decision to get into <laughs> commercials. It's okay. you know the adults around you that that do it. Um, you know, I can't remember at three years old, you know, tugging on my mom's, you know, apron, you know, or whatever shirt going, hey, mom, you know, I think I want to start doing commercials now. <laughs> um, it's one of those things. I had an aunt who worked for an agency and that, you know, it's, you know, I always have the saying, you know, because I grew up in L.A., Los Angeles, California. Mm. And I always have the saying, it's like when you got a hyperactive kid. Uh, most places they'll take their kid to a you know psychiatrist and put them on Ritalin, but in LA you take them to a talent agency <laughs> and you know, try and see if you could make a little extra money on this energy that they're giving out. And that pretty much was that's pretty much how it was. I mean, this is LA; it's the town of entertainment, and um, that's just that's just what you do. So, and you know, it all kind of worked out at first. So <laughs> at first, <laughs> what do you mean at first? Yes. I, well, I mean, you know, I had a very good, uh, is there some kind of like crazy Drew Barrymore, uh, Corey Feldman? Like, no, okay. no, I, you know, I, I, I never, you know, I know everybody says, you know, there's, there's all these, you know, stories and, you know, childhood actors going crazy. And, you know, I never, I never went in that direction. Good. Um, I don't know, because, you know, you, you say the name Corey Feldman or Drew Barrymore, and they know who that is, but you say Ian Petrella, and they're like, I have, who is that? So, um, you know, whether you say it's, you know, good or not is, you know, I guess irrelevant at this time. But, um, you know, for me, it was almost kind of like, you know, acting was, you know, another, I guess, analogy, you could say. It was almost kind of like joining a Little League team in, the, in, in your youth. Mm. And that's the way I looked at it. And that's where my parents looked at it. You know, they didn't want to, you know, push it upon me. It was, it was one of those things. I mean, yeah, I had, you know, I had, 
you know, pretty hippie parents. Um, I in mean, LA. they didn't even baptize. They, say what? It, hippie parents in L.A.? <laughs> yeah, go figure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, California has hippies? I Who would have thought? Um, <clears throat> so it was, it was one of the things, I mean, they, you know, they got me into it because it was fun, but they didn't really push the whole, you know, we got to make him a star right away uh, type of thing. So um, they, you know, we, we pretty much did it. And I had a really good agent at the time. And, uh, you know, I worked very successfully as a kid and I had a lot of fun doing it. I mean, I enjoyed it. And, you know, that's something even by eight years, by, by the time I was eight years old, I realized, you know, this is, this is what I want to do. I want to work in the industry, you know, for the rest of my life. Um, and, you know, I always did, you know, acting maybe didn't work out, uh, to what I wanted it to, but I stayed in the industry and, that was the thing. So I fell in love with the industry by the time I was eight years old. Uh, so uh, in terms of the Christmas story, um, oh, this is Greg, by the way. How you doing? All right. Um, I guess, you know, one of the, the big things about that movie was that it was, you know, like a period piece. Um, and, of course, you're famous for being the little kid that they – the mom stuck in the uh, the winter, uh, you know, overalls that didn't fit. You know, as you were growing up, was that like, you know, was that like a badge of honor, like with the with all the kids you're growing up with, or did they kind of like needle you, or? Um, I mean, as far as like a badge of honor, I mean, I was very proud of doing the movie, but. You know, we also have to understand that once the movie came out in theaters, it, it wasn't really a big hit. So once the movie was out and it was gone, there, you know, I didn't get picked on by a lot of people because the movie was never really in the theaters long enough to for people to see it and get picked on. True. Yeah. So uh, do you have any good uh, Darren McGavin stories? I always, uh, I always thought he was a funny actor. Well, I mean, Darren, I didn't know much about Darren. Um, I knew who Melinda Dillon was, and I knew who Peter Billingsley was, but I didn't really know much about Darren. My mom, however, knew a lot about Darren. And, you know, one of the things that she told me is that, you know, sometimes in Hollywood, when you're on a set, older actors might not like to put up with the antics of younger actors. So it was best advised that I just be on my best behavior when it came around Darren. So that's whenever Darren was around, that's, that's what I did. I just kept on my best behavior. And, uh, so we didn't have a whole lot of interaction except for what you saw on screen. Cause you know, he had a lot of, uh, he had a very vested interest in this film, so he worked a lot with Gene, and he worked a lot with Bob. I mean, he was almost like the third person who helped create this movie. So whenever there was, you know, downtime, he was working with Bob and working with Gene, so I didn't really, you know, spend a lot of time with uh, with Darren. So, um, Ian, um, you had mentioned that when the movie came out originally in theaters, that it pretty much came and went, and it wasn't really a big deal. 
Um, so number one, were you, I know you were eight years old at the time, but were you disappointed? Like, oh man, I wanted that to be a really big movie or, or were you just fine with it? You were too young to really care. And number two, uh, how do you feel about as the years went on, it became this bigger and bigger movie and, and, and now it's become one of the traditional, you know, time honored, uh, Christmas <clears throat> movies. Um, well, you know, when nothing happened with it, it, you know, it was fine. I just, you know, it just quickly became like a childhood memory. Um, so it wasn't, you know, <clears throat> there was no disappointment in what happened. Um, but as far as, you know, it growing into this thing, I mean, that happened so later on. And as far as like, you know, it being this, you know, holiday tradition, I mean, you know, people pretty kept it much a, a, a big secret. <laughs> so, and it was something that they, you know, cherished on their own. And it really wasn't until the 20th anniversary that, you know, we realized that, you know, what it, what it had become. So it's as far as like Christmas story fame, it's all, it's all relatively new right now. So it's one of those things that you have to, you know, understand. It's like, here's this movie that it may have this all this popularity, but it was 30 years ago. So now here you are, you know, 30 years older, and people are liking this film, and, you know, which is great. I'm glad that the movie has lasted, but when it comes to, you know, the, the fame, there's, you know, so many different, you know, mixed emotions that, you know, that happen with it yeah. that you have to deal with. Well, like, and and now, uh, you know, you have people like Cassin writing books about it. Right. Who would ever thought that that would happen? Yeah, well, there's that one part that you sit there and go, you know, wow, this is is great. This is really awesome that, you know, everybody loves this movie so much. And then there's the other part that you say, well, where the hell were you guys when the movie came out? You know? <laughs> wait, wait. We, we we were younger than you. <laughs> I was yeah, a baby. So, <laughs> so, so it's it, you know it's kind of those things, and you just have to find that balance, like in between. Yeah. Like, oh, I love this movie. Yeah, it came out in 1983. Where were you? you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> that's when we could have used it. Uh, um, but, well, there know. have been sequels, right? Not good sequels. Yeah, there have been but... sequels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so many years later, we talked about this with Cassine uh, in, in our last chat. Um, there was a fan of the Christmas story who, I believe in a suburb of Cleveland, constructed the quote-unquote Christmas story house. That yes. was essentially the out. The, it was the exterior house from the movie, and they they uh, fixed up the interior of the house to look like the interior set from the movie. And uh, I believe that you had something to do with it. I uh, for for a while. Are you still involved with that? And uh, no, what I did is we just did appearances at the house. So we had people, you know, come in because it's, it's kind of a rare thing that anybody gets to really do is when you have a house that's associated with a movie to have an actual actor from the film be there to, you know, talk to people and answer questions. So that's pretty much what we did. Okay. 
Well, that was cool yeah. of, of of you and the the other cast members. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Ian, what do what what are you currently involved in? Right now, just uh, graphic design and doing freelance animation. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We are live in front of a studio audience, but so I apologize. I cannot. What is that noise? <laughs> it's a baby. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I was trying to figure out if it's either a baby or it's a, a, a parrot. No, <laughs> no. A little parrot. Okay. Um, so you do graphic design and you said computer animation? No, nah, just animation. Sometimes it involves computers. So old style animation. It's kind of a cross between both. Do you have a website that we can check? Yeah, it's called YouTube. It's uh, a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's this just new type in my thing. name and you'll find it. Ian Petrella. So it's all old stuff. I'm I'm trying to work on new stuff right now, but you know, waiting for inspiration. Now, uh, Ian, you are going to be part of a uh, mini uh, Christmas story reunion that is going to take place uh, in a couple of weekends at the Chiller Theater in Parsippany, New Jersey, that we have attended yes. several times. Um, I believe you've been there a few times, too. Yeah, we did it twice. It's right in our backyard, yeah. so we will see. Uh, we'll see you there, and and Cassine, if you go, we'll see you there. I'll be there. Cool. Yeah, and apparently we're uh, we get our own room, and uh, Mr. Corey Feldman's going to be in our room too. So you wow. didn't see him too. <laughs> he's he's coming in gonna... on your turf, man. No, that's great because Corey Corey's got a big fan base, so I'm really hoping that we uh, we can kind of leech off of his fan base. <laughs> a little bit. After they get done talking to Corey about Lost Boys and Gremlins, then come on down and buy a picture from the Christmas Story Boys. Yeah. We'll be right here. Now, have you met Corey before? You know what? I did. I did meet Corey. And in fact, I met Corey like right after I met, or uh, right after I did Christmas Story, because I was nominated for the Youth and Film Award, which is like the Oscars for young actors. And I got to present the award to Corey Feldman for his uh, role in Gremlins. Ah, <laughs> wow! So I got to I got to schmooze with Corey. So it's going to be interesting to uh, you know I've seen Corey a couple times after after that, but we didn't really get into it. So I think this is going to be a good time to uh, uh, talk about that and go, Hey, Corey, remember me? Probably not, but here, let me tell you about what happened. So. So at Chiller Theater, there will be a and a Christmas story reunion, and also an Ian Petrella Corey Feldman reunion. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> which may or may not go over too well. No, it'll who be knows? Good. It'll no. be good. It'll be good. Yeah. Now, what I was going to ask you about at, at Chiller Theater is since you've been there a few times. Now, do you go and just kind of you have to do your own thing there, or? Do you try and slip away and meet up with the other, uh, you know, celebrities of yesteryear? Um, you know, if there's if there's opportunity, I I try. Um, it depends on who's there. I mean, you know, I don't I don't get as as starstruck 
But if there's somebody that I really want to meet, you know, I'll definitely go over there and, and talk to him. But usually you end up meeting these people anyway. So. True. All right. So this will be my last question, but I'm, I'm always uh, curious about this kind of stuff. So what are some of your, uh, over the years, your favorite movies and TV shows and music? Well, I mean, as far as music goes, I mean, you know, I'm a big music head, so I, you know, music is such a, a broad interest. I mean, starting, you know, at the top would be Pink Floyd. Wow, nice. So that's, uh, which I understand Corey's a big Pink Floyd fan, so we'll have plenty to talk about. Um, Was that because of the hippie parents? No, it's, it's it's really not. I actually got into Pink Floyd because I, I had a crush on a girl, and she was a Pink Floyd fan. <laughs> so, <clears throat> cool. And um, so she was somebody that I wanted to impress, and she, you know, I knew about Pink Floyd, but I really started getting into it. And then after that, I didn't care about the girl anymore, and I loved Pink Floyd. Um, as far as television shows, I mean, I haven't really watched that much TV lately. So I don't really have a favorite show. Um, as far as movies are concerned, you know, it, it comes to a point where you start liking certain directors and you like their work. And those are the movies that you tend to focus on. So, you know, I liked uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, Terry Gilliam, uh, big fan of his. And uh, actually, Mike Judge. I like a lot of his movies that he does. So, Office Space. <laughs> Office Space. Idiocracy, which is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Beavis and Butthead. To, to me, yeah, I mean, to me, Idiocracy, it, that, that's the new 1984, as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah. That's where we're headed. Unfortunately. Yeah, pay attention, kids. So. All right. Any any last question? Do you have any questions for us? Um, no, I <laughs> <don't>. not real. <laughs> I would I would love for Ian just to start interviewing you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you guys get started? What was the What was the the moment in your life that you decided that uh, you know you wanted to uh, start this podcast? Uh, so. <laughs> so, wait, for, for real? <laughs> Answer, well, we spent we've spent the last thirty years uh, almost uh, talking to each other. We just decided that somebody else needed to hear us. <laughs> right. Well, that's that's a good place to start. And that's that's what you know. That's what's great about uh, you know the technology today is you can do that. Yeah. We have yeah. so many. We have so many. I mean, we got. Facebook, Twitter, we got, you know, the computer. I mean, you got something to say, There, you can say it. I feel like YouTube, well, number one for me, Wikipedia and YouTube are like, if I ever want to look something up or hear a song or see a video clip or, or anything, it's like Wikipedia, YouTube. They've, they have changed the world. Oh, yeah. If only we had Wikipedia and YouTube when I was in high school, probably would have been, probably would have had better grades. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Cassine, you want to jump in here? I don't know, uh, you know. Do you want me to interview you too? I can give you some questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, what do you, what do you, what do you want to know? Sure.
Uh, just any... Well, just, uh, you know, um, we I know we talked about the book the last time, but just, you know, in case anybody forgot, you know, what what's, what's so, you know, what's the key points about this book that, you know, people need to know if they go to buy it, or if, if they're at Chiller Theater, you know, and, and they see you there, and I'm sure you'll be autographing the book, yeah. you know, what's your sales pitch? Well, I have to say, first of all, I'm hoping that I can get uh, Corey to do a, a commercial for me for the Christmas Story book while he's in the room uh, with the Christmas Story cast. Maybe we can get together. And I'm, I'm half kidding, um, <laughs> but um, no. I mean, here's here's the thing about a Christmas story, and I, I'm sure Ian would agree. Um, a Christmas story is one of those films that I think a lot of people. Um, Take for granted in terms of it's on for 24 hours over Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Um, there's merchandise everywhere. It's not uncommon, uh, especially where I am in the New York area, to go into a bar and see a leg lamp. Um, you know, on ESPN, there's one of, I think, Sports Center. there's a leg lamp on the set, you know, that you can see all the time. Um, and it, it, it almost becomes something that you're desensitized to in a weird sort of way. And when I started working on this book and talking to Ian and talking to Scott Schwartz and Yano Anaya and uh, Zach Ward and Teddy Moore and some of the other actors from the film, you start to realize that it actually was a very special film at its conception because um, Bob Clark, the director, and Gene Shepard, uh, who wrote the film, really were so passionate about this movie. And even though it wasn't a big popular hit in 1983. Um, the reason why it's caught on and why we go back to it and why people have kind of found it, whether it be on cable or VHS or DVD or in the marathon, um, is because at its heart, it's a really, really good movie. And it's a really, really sweet movie. And it's a funny movie. Um, and I think looking at that story um, and looking at, the behind the scenes stories of the movie through the eyes of the people that were there, the actors hearing their stories about the making of the movie and um, their feelings on the aftermath is uh, something that hasn't really been told before. And I think it's really interesting. Great. Well, uh, Ian, thank you so much for being on the Plunge Stevenson show. We really appreciate it. And our listeners will really appreciate it. You are part of pop culture history. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I don't you. get to ask you guys a question. I'm really kind of bummed about that. I've been working on a good question. Go ahead. I, actually, Ian and I just had, we were just in Chicago, and um, I, I was trying so hard to come up with a question to stump Ian because, you know, I'm sure you know, any, any celebrity gets lots of, you know, the same question over and over again. Um, and I was trying really hard to come up with a question that was going to stump him. And, um, I never really came up with one. I thought I had the question, but I, it wasn't a stumper. It was one that he had heard before. So what was it? So the, the question was, um, if you weren't in a Christmas story, but you could be in any other Christmas movie, what Christmas movie would you want to be a part of? And Ian, what was the answer? I said, uh, it has to be Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. I mean, that's... <laughs> oh, wait, now, here's... Here, I can I can do a spin on this question. I could ask Greg and Rob if you could see uh, Ian in any other Christmas movie. <laughs> what Christmas movie would you want to see him in? 
I mean, if, uh, you know, one of the all-time favorite uh, Christmas movies is, of course, the National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. And you know what? You know what? You know, I I was, uh, it was between me and Johnny Galecki for that film. Ah. Oh, you know. man. That's they, crazy. like, already were, like, telling me how much I was going to get paid and they were going to present me with contracts. And I just sit there and think, you know, if I would have gotten that movie... Okay, if they would have decided to go with me to play Rusty, um, I would I, I I would I would have had the monopoly on like Christmas icon you know tradition. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, I I I'd own it. I'd be the I'd be the 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 Bill Gates of you know when it comes to you know Christmas. I I I I'd own everything. <laughs> I mean, there's there's nothing because those are right now, from what I hear, are the two most popular Christmas films. It is Christmas Story and Christmas Vacation. I went to a Starbucks one time and they had two tip jars, okay, and it was basically a contest. On one tip jar, they had a little you know cutout poster of a Christmas story, and another tip jar, they had a cutout poster of Christmas Vacation. And they said, "Which Christmas movie do you like best? Oh. Put your tip in." That's how they were. That's how they were. They were they were sucking tits off of our fame, <laughs> and um, I remember uh, you know I went to this uh, Starbucks you know for a while, and uh, I just thought, man, you know that's what it's basically come down to is you have a Christmas story and a Christmas vacation are these two movies? These are the two contemporary modern day uh, movies that people are you know associating Christmas with, and if I would have gotten National Lampoons, like I said. I'd own the holiday season. I know. Well, and, 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 <laughs> I mean, some people might have looked at it and said, well, oh, well, he's, you know, you, if, if you were like stereotyped, like I know like a lot of young actors, they hate being stereotyped into like these, uh, the kids roles that they were in. But if you had been, uh, sorry, typecast into, uh, the, the Christmas story, you know, the Christmas role, then maybe they should have uh, hired you for uh, uh, National Lampoons. So it was a time where being typecast actually would have worked in your favor, almost did. Yeah, it, it might have been. Who knows? But <laughs> You know what's you know, funny, too, it, is whenever I uh, do these interviews and they ask, you know, when they say, like, A Christmas Story is one of the biggest Christmas movies of all time, like... The first thing that people always say is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which is so funny because, you know, I I think like it's a wonderful life miracle on 34th Street and without fail, including today on the Pond Street Stevenson show, um, people always say National Lampoon's first. I mean, you guys are absolutely right. It is it is uh, the, the modern classic right up there with the Christmas story. Now, when I was a kid, um, I... I... I, I know that this movie, people hate this movie now, and, but Santa Claus the movie. Oh, God. When I, I'm serious. Right. When I was a kid, it was like the movie when you were a little kid you had to rent. You had what? to, like, the, I'm telling you, the video store was out of it till like, 1987. I mean, it, it, you couldn't get your hands on it. That movie terrified me. Really? But, yeah. But I was really afraid of that movie. <laughs> Cassine and, and and Ian, I I think that traditionally the 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 tr- you know quote traditional Christmas movie like A Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street or, um, uh, why why well, I'm drawing a blank on I, I could jump in and save you, but I'm just gonna let you. 
<laughs> it's a Wonderful Life. Uh, or White Christmas starring Bing Crosby. You know, the, the, these were very nice, very, very nice, heartwarming Christmas movies. But I think that our generation growing up, um, I, I think the focus shifted a little bit to movies like A Christmas Story or The National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation or even Home Alone, you know, with, with like the, the more humorous because I think... Yeah. I think they're movies that our generation can relate to more. They're not so, um, and, and, and it's a wonderful life and miracle on 34th street and white Christmas are fabulous movies, Yeah, but they're all, at the, but, but in today's world, they're viewed more as kind of like hokey. Whereas yeah, but, a Christmas story is like, Oh my God, my family does that. Or wait, we went through that. Or, yeah. But at the, at the base, aren't all Christmas yeah. movies. Well, you know, definitely. I mean, Christmas story was kind of the start of that. It's like, you know, I always like to, you know, compare, you know, Christmas Story was basically, you know, a Norman Rockwell painting wrapped in Mad Magazine. And that's, <laughs> that's pretty much what it was. And it really opened up, you know, the idea that, you know, where National Lampoon Christmas Vacation really kind of took that idea of, you know, the dysfunctionality of Christmas and the holidays, and they took it to the next level. Right. And that's why that movie is so popular. It's Christmas Story to the next level. And so that's, you know, right now they're saying, like, Christmas Story, you know, is the number one, and then National Lampoon's is going to be, you know, that's going to be the new holiday hit. That's what everybody's going to be remembering. So, well, And both of those movies are comedies, whereas the right. old-time movies... Um, were more, like, dramatic. Yeah, they were just and, dramas. Yeah. But it's funny, actually, too, that A Christmas Story takes place in that old time. You know what I mean? It, it, it's funny because it kind of gets to play in both worlds. You know, it, it plays to, like, yeah. you know, our grandparents and, uh, you know, because they remember, you know, listening to Little Orphan Annie and, and doing that whole thing. And, um, but it is really funny. And, you know, you get, you know, the dad that's cursing and the the dogs that steal the <laughs> the 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 turkey and you know it, it gets to kind of walk that line. I have to say that the scene that well, Ian, I don't know if you know or 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 um, Cassine if, if if you guys are familiar, but there's a very popular person on YouTube called the Angry Video Game Nerd, and basically he's an adult now, but he revisits all the old uh, Nintendo Entertainment System games that he played as a child and like, oh my god, these games were so frustrating and horrible and how could I have played the... And the scene in A Christmas Story that I I view as almost like the, the precursor to, to this new kind of like fad of, of, of revisiting things or, or the, the frustration with, with those kind of things was the scene when... Um, it was like the, 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 the little orphan Annie radio broadcast, like, okay, here's the code, get your decoder ring. And he, he's so excited and he's getting the, he's writing down the message and he's like, wait, wait a minute, be sure to drink your oval tea. What the heck? And it's like, because, and, and for me to, I remember like getting, I'd be so hyped up or so excited for a toy or some kind of cartoon or TV show. And like, oh my God, it's going to be the best thing ever. And, and, and it's, it just turns out to be, stupid or junky and and again that was 
a movie, like all those little scenes in there that our generation can relate to. Like, yes, I remember I got that toy and it was like, it turned out to be a piece of garbage. I, it made me so mad. We could relate to right. that. Classic movie. Yeah, well, or when you get clo- when you were a kid and you got clothes for Christmas. <laughs> oh, that was yeah, that was horrible. Nobody wanted that, especially handmade clothes. Well, <laughs> I was. My clothes. parents were very big on um, giving me socks. <laughs> oh no, that was and, and not not exclusive. Here's the thing that's kind of weird too. And I grew up for twelve years as an only child. So there's a there's a big gap between my brother and I. And um, so I had I it sounds so horrible to say because I'm I'm a little guilty about it a little bit. But I, I always had these like really fantastic Christmases like, you know, I didn't get everything I wanted, but I would make these like like ridiculously long Christmas list. And if I got like half the stuff on my list, like it was still like a really, really nice Christmas. So, um, but then always mixed in, in like the toys and stuff, there'd be like socks or like, you know, or underwear or like, you know, hand soap or like a notebook, (laughs) you know, there'd be like this. I don't know. My, my mother was very big. She's still kind of is. She's very big on like giving like practical gifts. Like, you know, you always need a box of pens or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of had some, uh, some pink bunny suit type gifts going on in my house. I, I also had one other thing I just remembered as I'm skimming through, uh, Cassine's book here. Um, the the scene where the uh, character Scott Swartz played, um, you know, gets his tongue stuck on the pole. Um, I re- I do recall as a kid. I don't know about you guys, but I just I do recall as a kid when it was cold out um, that there was always times when somebody was trying to trick somebody else into <laughs> sticking their tongue on a pole after seeing that movie. That's it started a very. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's uh, if that's like a um, an urban legend that your tongue will get stuck there or not. But well, Ian and I were kind of talking about that a little bit this weekend too about like why why that scene maybe resonates with people because that's you know that's like one of the things that people oh Christmas story that's that movie with with the kid who gets his tongue stuck to the flagpole and um, yeah we were kind of trying to figure out maybe why that scene resonates with so many people. Ian, did anyone ever have to, anyone dare you to stick your tongue to a flagpole? Um, no. And I mean, you know, being from California, you know, oh, we don't yeah. really have snow, so that was kind <laughs> of an interesting thing. It's like, so it's like, does this really, does this really happen? Is this just made up? But apparently, it it it, it really can't. So, you know, um, like I said, in, in California, we weren't able to really do that there. I uh, never really got cold enough, but sometimes it'll yeah, even work it, on an ice cube. It actually happen. Huh? I said, sometimes it'll even work on like an ice cube. I mean, I've had like an ice cube, like stuck to my tongue. before. <clears throat> yeah. Like, I think that's the most that would happen, but you, you, you're able to just, you know, pull it off. But to the point where you would get your tongue stuck to a pole, you had to call a fire department uh, to, to get it off. Um, well, you know, here's another stupid question too, because I now I you you don't actually really see it up close. It's kind of like a wide, uh, you know, a, a long shot. But they they pull Flick off the flagpole, right? That's the deal. They call the fire department to basically just yank him off. Is 
Yeah. Because I, I, now this again, urban legend, but I always heard that like the best way to get unstuck, if you get stuck to a flagpole is to run cold water, um, down your tie. Has anyone else heard this or is this just some like, hot, hot water? Yeah. Well, I would assume you just have to heat it up a little bit. Well, I heard that. If, yeah. If you just, if, yeah. if you run any kind of water, it'll, it'll melt ice or just breathe heavenly, you know, heavily on uh, your tongue and that'll also uh, release it as well. So, so a, a public service announcement here on the Pawn Stevenson show, do not put your tongue on a cold pole outdoors in winter, at least in New Jersey. That's not the lesson I'm hearing. I'm hearing that you <laughs> should put your tongue to a pole and that you should try all these different strategies to get off and then you should put in the comments what worked the best. Uh, or that. Or if all else fails, you know, if you dare your buddy to stick a tongue to a pole and it's stuck, then just uh, urinate on him. That'll probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. That, that but, probably would work too. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing. is that They always say there's like so many uses for like urine. Like if you get stung by a jellyfish. You know, in California, we had jellyfish and that's what they always told us. If you get stung by a jellyfish, urine is always the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm yeah. saying that's true. Like I know from personal experience, but that's, that's what I heard. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Doing that. So, so jellyfish stings and tongue on the flagpole. <laughs> Well, it's it's like in that uh, the my big fat Greek wedding where the father <laughs> believed that Windex was like this miracle that it would just clean everything, solve everything. You have a you have a cold, just drink some Windex. <laughs> That's um, <laughs> I I kind of like though this um, like the multiple uses of urine. Like I kind of like this idea that like <laughs> that that Ian the universal solvent. All the different things that how urine can be helpful to people's lives. Not just for Mark and Karen. <laughs> this conversation has taken a very interesting turn. What's ha- yeah? What's happened? I'm sorry. I, I don't even know who who led down this diversion. I I, I think it might have been me. Oh, no. yeah. There we go. There we go. All <laughs> urine trails lead back to Ian Petrello. Oh, oh God. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Well. You guys have to make sure that you come to the Christmas story room at Chiller Theater and come see us. I'm serious. Definitely. Well, you know, if Corey Feldman's yeah. in there, we'll definitely be in there. Oh, don't be, no offense. Don't be <laughs> like that. Oh, I see how it is. No, wait, if Corey yeah. Feldman's in there, I might Corey's not there, go. We're gonna go. <laughs> we got gremlin questions. No, <laughs> I can't even believe they said that while we're on the line. That's horrible. I mean, no, I'm, not, no. I'm no. not even, you know, I'm not the talent. You know, I, I'm just lucky enough to, to have space at the table and, and get to, you know, sign books while the while the cast is there. But um, I can't believe that you would show up just to see Corey. I'm really, no. I'm really hurt no, by no, that. No, no. I, I, in, in all honesty, I must say that one of my, one of my thrills, if you call it that, of being a chiller theater is... My favorite, I don't know if you guys are probably familiar, but my favorite science fiction show of all time was Sliders. Even though it's... I remember Sliders. Yes, even though it kind of stunk after the first couple of years. And the two guest stars from the show will be at Chiller Theater. One of them is... Um, uh, who's the... the uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I just remember his, I just remember his uh, character in, in the show. But anyway... Uh, well, I looked that up. The other guy is uh, on, was in Christmas Story, which is Zach Ward. 
Zach will be in the Christmas. Zach will be in the Corey Feldman room. <laughs> As it's now. Yeah. So <laughs> now I, I I will be there obviously to meet Ian, thank him for being on the show, and also to meet Zach Ward, who was on Sliders for one episode. <laughs> and to pick up copies of the book. Uh yes, all, of, of course. All of the above. <laughs> and and bring your Christmas story merchandise and have the cast sign it. I'm being serious. This is listen. This is a rare opportunity to have four of the cast members of a Christmas story all together. And also, Ian, do you want to talk a little bit about the um the photo op too, which I think is pretty cool that you guys are um doing at Chiller? I don't really know that much about it. Um I heard that there is going to be a photo op and a green screen. So, I don't I don't I don't know. I mean, I guess you take a picture and then we superimpose a holiday winter window in the back of it. I I I don't know. They haven't really told me much. So, well, I, c- I could read off what's on the website. It's like. not really that okay. specific, though. <laughs> I don't think. What is on the website? Uh, apparently, yeah, they're going to use a green screen and they're going to add in the actual school from the movie in the background. Ah, uh-huh, okay. All right. And how much is that going to cost? I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> You'll have the choice to be in the photo with Scott Swartz, uh, who played Flick, with his tongue stuck to the flagpole. I don't know where they're getting a flagpole from, but it might be seat. Maybe it's um, maybe it's green screen. Then maybe that's a part of the picture. You know? Yeah. Um... <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying. To <laughs> no, I'm, I'm looking at the. Apparently, they've done this before. I'm looking at the example here, and it looks like. It looks like somebody took like a nail file and you know like a you know, hand nail file and just stuck it on the camera. But anyway, um, it looks fine. So the picture with uh, Scott and up to three other people is sixty dollars, and the picture with the whole gang and up to two people is a hundred dollars. Okay. So I think that's All pretty, right. that, I, I think that's that's a good you know that's 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 fun right. You could use it to make um, Christmas cards. You know, you right, could send yeah. them out as, you know, if you got your family or, you know, uh, yeah, you got. I mean, I, I think that that's a, that's a good idea. But I mean, for somebody who regularly uses Photoshop um, almost on an everyday basis, I'm like, really? I could <laughs> just take a picture of you guys and crop you out and do my own Photoshop. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I just killed all our sales. Yeah. Keep going, Ian. (laughs) Ian is just joking. Don't, don't. He's he's being sarcastic. I got to stop being so spiteful and negative. Um, (laughs) Now, now there's also going to be this reunion of the Willy Wonka kids. So as as a Christmas story kid, yeah, are are you going to go there and feel like, you know, we got to show these guys up. We have to sell more. That these Willy Wonka bums? I guess it's, you know, competition. So, uh, you know, got to stick it to my TV. And, uh, you've, now, you've been, to cons, you've been to cons with the Wonka kids before, Ian? I've, I've met my TV, yes. <laughs> so. I actually thought it was um, last time I was at Chiller, which was in 2011. When Elvira was there, I don't know if you guys were there too, Greg and Rob, but um, no. the Wonka kids, like I, I had like a weird moment and I guess 
sometimes like at chiller if you're around late you get like these like weird things that you get to see because like you know the the talent has to make their way to the table and stuff and the the woman who played uh violet beauregard and uh paris themen who uh is mike tv were like just walking back i guess like to the elevator or back to you know back into the hallway like hand in hand arm in arm and and they were just chatting about like oh it was so nice to see the other wonky kids today and and it was like kind of like a weird moment because it was so casual but you kind of felt like I don't know. You you still kind of felt like they were in their characters, even though you knew they weren't. Is this making any sense? Were I, they, I was saying this, were they hand in hand arm? Uh, were, were they hand in hand going up to a hotel room? No, I don't. I I don't. Uh, I, I I had no I had no impression that they were going to the same hotel room. Okay. Well, I had uh, the 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 strangest experience I've ever <laughs> I've seen at Chiller is. Uh, Billy Drago was there, uh, I think last year, and he's pretty weird, and he was just like walking around, I don't know what he was doing, but he was walking around back and forth, and wasn't at his table, he just was walking around in the halls, and he was, he was pretty scared, he was a scary well, he's, dude. He was in, he's, he's intense looking. Yeah. But anyway, so, so yes, Greg and I will be at the Chiller Theater Expo. Um, this month, October 2013, in Parsippany, New Jersey. So everyone, come on down and meet the cast of A Christmas Story. Um, and, and Cassine Gaines. And Cassine Gaines, and buy the book. And also, in, in parentheses, uh, Corey Feldman will be in the room. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we will talk, and we'll have a great time, and everyone will have a lot of fun. Yay! Yeah. Five Stone won't be there. He canceled. Uh, yeah, that was kind of expected. Yeah. Oh well. Apparently, he's not very good with these conventions. But Weird Al is there. Yeah. And the cast of A Christmas Story. <laughs> oh God, you guys! I I I love being on this show. I really do. <laughs> well. Uh, all right. So, Cassine, uh, any any uh, final words of wisdom here? Yeah, um, final words of wisdom. I, I, I know, but, um, well, Any first, I, I have to say thank you guys for having me on. Of course, um, thank you, Ian, for joining in. And, uh, and thank you, Ian, for contributing to the book. Um, if you love a Christmas story, if you know someone who loves a Christmas story, um, it's great. It has, oh, this is actually something to mention there. It has um, over 150 photos throughout the book. Um, a lot of the photos are actually. Um, rare photos that are from the set that actually Ian's mom took because she was a, a parent on set taking pictures, you know, of, of her kids' experience. And um, Ian and, and his mom were generous enough to uh, allow them to be published in the book. And um, it's great. They really provide um, a lot of a lot of cool, you know, uh, glimpses um, like the mechanism. Uh, to keep Ian's arms up when he can't put his arms down and uh, photos of Darren McGavin and Melinda Dillon and Peter and Ian and Zach and Yano and Scott uh, during their downtime. Um, so that that's really fun. And um, I, I'm so happy and proud of a Christmas story behind the scenes of a holiday classic. And uh, I hope you 
enjoy it. Check it out. It's on sale everywhere. Books are sold. It's at Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. Um, maybe I shouldn't have mentioned their names because I don't think they've, they've <laughs> I don't know if they've given us great placement, but um, it's everywhere. Amazon.com. You can get it for a couple bucks off on Amazon.com as well. So go pick it up. What's your Twitter? My Twitter? <laughs> My Twitter. I, I don't really, I, I don't really tweet all that much, I don't think, but I'm I'm at, I, I mean, I'll give it to you. It's it's at Kasim Gaines, C-A-S-E-E-N-G-A-I-N-E-S. Um, there's lots of fun on Facebook at facebook.com slash a Christmas storybook. Um, and I'm on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Kasim Gaines. And you can get uh, all sorts of fun information and keep up with me. Great. And then Ian, people can go to YouTube and search Ian Petrella. Any other? Just search Ian Petrella and you'll, you'll find some stuff. Yeah. Okay. Stuff <laughs> well, thanks again for being on the Pointer Stevenson show. And we had a really good time. And we will see you all at Chiller Theater. Thanks, guys. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye, thanks a lot. Yay. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank everyone. Sorry, remember, I don't have Ian on the line yet. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, it's all right. We'll yeah, just it's... edit it. Now we've got a dog barking. We'll turn... <laughs> <laughs> this, this is... Listen, this is the Paunch Davidson Show way. This is how we do things. Now, they, they will leave the room shortly. I promise. I promise. I apologize. She's still on? I'm here. Me? Oh, okay. I, yeah, I apologize <laughs> for the craziness.